Sunday. Amen. And preach to me tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. The hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Amen. I'm glad I'm among true worshipers tonight. Can we lift our hands together one more time? Lord, we're going to give you glory. God, we're going to give you worship and praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. He's a mighty God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We'll let you be seated for a moment tonight. And it's a pleasure to be here. What a prayer meeting we had Tuesday night. Amen. Prayer is where it's at. And uh, revival prayer Tuesday night. It was good to be reminded that the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. And uh, so we're going to continue to pray for revival. Amen. 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 For continued revival right here in Olathe, of course. And, uh, of course, for the move of God in Africa. It's good to hear a good report. Pastor and uh, Sister Regan are there on site. Am I right? They have arrived. Praise God. Amen. And, uh, of course, uh, as we pray, it's good to know that our fervent prayers avail much. Now, of course, we're aware that not every situation we pray that fervently, like the hungry little boy, and uh, he was beginning to eat his dinner already, and his dad said, remember, we need to pray, and the uh, little boy said, we don't have to, mommy's a good cook, <laughs> and uh, so if somebody doesn't pray for your, over your food, mother, uh, no, don't be offended, but, <laughs> uh, but there are times, amen, and there are times, this is definitely a time when intense prayer is in order. So uh, how many of you appreciate your pastor? Amen. Amen. There's nobody can take the place of your pastor, Pastor Riggin. And, uh, you know, we need somebody, all of us do, uh, for to give us that spiritual point of view. And that's what the man of God is there for. In the natural, just think about this. In the natural sense, if I'm going to go buy a car, I'd like to have somebody else take a look at it. You know, that's in the natural sense. If I'm going to make an investment, I might consult somebody who knows a little bit about that kind of thing that's given their, their study to that and ask them what's a good investment. Now, in the spiritual, doesn't it make sense? We need somebody who's given his life to the things of the Spirit, the things of God, and we can consult him. Amen. The man of God. God has blessed us. He has a different point of view, brother. God has placed him on the wall is what the Bible tells me. He is as a watchman on the wall. And I know this isn't nothing new to you, but a reminder that somebody up on the wall can see more than we can see down here. And uh, again, in the natural sense, if you picture a city with that wall about it, which was the, uh, you know, that was a mode in the Old Testament, that watchman was up there and he'd see the enemy coming in advance and he called the, he would sound the trumpet of alarm. Uh, he would see other things that nobody down behind that wall could see. So what a blessed church this is to have a man standing on the wall. Amen? Your pastor with that viewpoint. And so uh, that spiritual insight that he gives. So what we're going to do tonight is go to the word of the Lord. We're going to go to the book of Matthew. 
Matthew, and let's go to chapter 4, chapter 4 of Matthew. Now, I understand that Pastor Riggin has been going through the book of Matthew almost verse by verse. Is that right? Is he still in the book of Matthew? All right. Is he past chapter 4 yet? There was a chuckle there. <laughs> that tells me he's probably been doing it a while, right? Yeah. I haven't, I haven't kept up with that. But I, I know Pastor Riggin. He is not at a loss to uh, get, have insight into the word of the Lord. And uh, So we're going to go to Matthew chapter 4. Let's go down to verse 18. And uh, let's look there at an event. Chapter 4, verse 8 says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two... Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Have you read this verse before? All right, we're familiar with this. Then it goes on to say, And they straightway left their nets, right, right away, and followed him. And going on thence, he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them, and they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Amen. These were fishermen. Jesus walked by them one day, and he simply said, Follow me. And uh, he said, I will make you fishers of men. They dropped what they were doing, and they got the idea that there was a mission that they were being called to. Huh? Yeah. And that mission was to fish. But no longer fishermen, but fishers of men. Let's pray together, and we're going to see what the Lord will give us from this scripture tonight. Can we pray? Lord, in Jesus' name. Praise God, we'll let you be seated tonight. Amen, amen. Let me title this tonight, something you might remember. I'll title it, Our Mission is Fishing. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, Our Mission is Fishing. <laughs> amen. You might have heard about the pastor who took one of his uh, saints aside one night after church. He says, it's been told me that you went out and played golf Sunday instead of being in church. He said, that's a lie, Pastor. He said, and I have the fish to prove it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's not what I'm going to preach tonight, but just to get our attention there. <laughs> but here we see some fishermen. These are men who have done this for a living. These are men who spent nights and days out upon that lake fishing. They knew the lake. They knew the fish. They knew there'd be times when they'd throw those nets out there and they'd be full, be filled, and they'd pull them in. And it would be a good night's catch. They knew there'd be other nights when they'd throw those nets out there and bring them in, and there wouldn't be much in those nets. But nevertheless, they were fishermen, and they kept at their business. 
And when Jesus came by this day, these men had already been out on that lake. They were, they were working on those nets. And uh, if you or I had walked by and talked to, Peter was one of them, right? Talked to him and said, hey, Peter, what have you been doing all night? Well, I've been throwing these nets out there, dragging them in. Yeah, all right, well, good. Did you get anything? Well, not much. So what are you going to do today? I'm going to throw out my nets and I'm going to bring them back in. Wow, all right. Wow, that sounds exciting, <laughs> especially if you get some fish. What are you going to do tomorrow, Peter? Well, I'm a fisherman. I'm going to throw my nets out and I'm going to bring them back in. Amen. What will we be doing next year? Throwing out my nets and bringing them back in. And, uh, well, Peter, don't you think there might be something more to life than that? <laughs> this is all I know might be his answer. Because that was the life that Peter saw before him that day until the master walked by. Amen. The one who strode by on the beach that day was none other than the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. He was the creator of all things. Name Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. As he walked by that sea, he was the one who created it. He was the one who created this world. He was in the world and he made it. And yet the world knew him not. No, those men didn't know who that was at that time that they walked by. But something in the way Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men, got those men's attention. And they realized this is our chance. Amen. We spend the rest of our lives throwing out these nets and pulling them in and throwing out these nets and pulling them in. That sounds like a rut to me. Spend the rest of their lives in that rut or they could take their opportunity. And you know what they did. They cast their nets one more time. Take that. And they took off and they followed Jesus. They left all, the Bible said, to follow him. And that began a journey when God began to make them what he said he would make them. When Jesus said, I can make you fishers of men, he can do it. Amen. He is able. Amen. It's not, not just words, but God is able to bring to pass that which he speaks. I thank God for that. Hallelujah. Amen. Has he ever brought something to pass in your life? You couldn't have done it yourself. It takes an act of God. God had a change for those men's lives. And he told them, fishers. They knew about fishing. They knew about fishing. You know, he could have said, we are in the Midwest, right? Are we there yet? Okay, we're in the Midwest. <laughs> he could have said, I'll make you herders of cattle. <laughs> you know, hit them up and move them out. He didn't say that. Because you can herd cattle. He could have said, you know, I'm from the mountain area, Colorado. He could have said, I'll make you hunters of elk. You know, you call them in. And then they're dead meat. Throw it in the freezer. Eat some good elk chili every now and again. But he didn't say that. Because you can't call a fish in. You know where fish are? Fish are where you find them. <laughs> That's what the uh, fishermen say. They don't come to you. You go to them. Somebody doesn't say, head them up, moving out. Get a long little dog in down. They, they go where they're supposed to, you're supposed to catch them. You go where they are. You may have seen that little bumper sticker. I saw one the other day. It says, 
You're fishy, fishy. That's a joke. <laughs> you can whistle to your blue in the face. Here, fishy, fishy. They aren't going. They don't hear. They don't hear that kind of language. Fish are where you find them. Amen. And that could be very well why Jesus said what he said in Matthew chapter 28. When he said, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Go ye therefore and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And that name is Jesus. Amen. We are to go to where the fish are because the fish aren't necessarily going to come where we are. Amen. I would like to think that those glass doors are going to open one day and people will just throng into this building. there ever was a day when that happened, I think it's behind us. America has changed. The spirit of America has changed. Amen. But you know what that change means to us? Revival. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We look about us and we say, people need God. Yeah, that means revival. Because that's what we're in the business of. We're in the business of fishing. Amen. And all we look and we say, fish. Everywhere you look, you see somebody who needs God, somebody who is without God, somebody who is lost, someone who has no idea who Jesus is, that they may have heard his name. Amen. This is the day of revival. This is it. We're living in it. Amen. It's not something we can say, oh, one of these days it's going to come. We're right here. It's right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is moving upon hearts Today, today, now, right now, we are not waiting any longer. I remember, brother, and I preached this myself. We're on the verge of revival. Amen. We're on the verge of revival. We used to preach, you know, next year we'll have revival. If not then, well, maybe the next year. In fact, just the other day I heard somebody say that. And that's not to be critical, but we just commonly say that. You know, in 2014, we're going to have revival. Well, why do we need to wait? <laughs> what are we waiting for? If Jesus said, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, they're white already, the harvest, what are we waiting on? Amen. I believe the words of Jesus. I believe the word of God. Amen. Go you therefore, and you're going to find some fish. They're not going to come swimming in the door. <laughs> they're not going to come looking for us. Amen. But guess what? God has given us the power. And we shall be witnesses. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you shall be a witness. You shall be a witness. And I heard what that word shall means just the other night. Amen. It's going to come to pass. Hallelujah. It is a foregone conclusion. It is going to happen. Praise God. Praise God. And so as we look at the word of the Lord, amen. We see that God bumped these men out of their rut of just throwing out those nets and pulling in those nets. And they saw a spiritual opportunity that they, they just couldn't pass by. They dropped what they were doing. They said, we may have been doing this for years, but now we see something better we can do. Amen. I heard somebody preaching the other day. It hasn't been that long ago. And they said, now this is something I preach many times too. 
to pray for open doors. Have you ever prayed for an open door? Amen. I have many times, many times. Amen. But a man was preaching. He wasn't even preaching along those lines. And I was in the service and uh, just, just listening, just eating it all up. It's the Word of God. And it's as though the Holy Ghost caused him to pause. And he totally switched the subject. And he said, you know what? We need to know that we don't have to pray for open doors anymore. And that took me back, brother. I said, now wait just a minute. <laughs> I prayed for that too many times. But then I got to praying about what he said. And I realized, if I just open my eyes, it could be that there's open doors that I've been praying for, but I just didn't recognize that they were open doors. Because what's an open door anyway? It's not a building that we're praying about. Amen? It's not a place. It's not even a situation always. But it's a heart. It's a heart that's in need. It's a heart that's hungry. It's a heart that, that longs for what you and I have but has no idea where to find it. No idea uh, even if, if you can remember where you were before you came to God, if you came in out of the world. It's like clueless. And believe it or not, we're surrounded by people in that condition every day. Am I the only one? Amen. This is an outreach message, by the way. Amen. How many believe we need to reach out to our world? Amen. Amen. They're not necessarily reaching out to us. God has given us that power so that we can reach to our world. Praise God. Turn with me now to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 14. And this is a parable that you'll remember where Jesus sent a servant out. And he said, I have a great supper ready. I want you to go out because I sent out invitations and you just go tell them it's ready. Now's the time. And uh, so the servant went out there and he said, come for all things are now ready. I'm just giving you a little background here. And uh, What'd they do? Do you remember? They began to make excuses, didn't they? One said, uh, well, I bought, uh, you know, I bought an ox. I need to go test it. Another one said, I bought a piece of ground. I need to go check it out. Another one said, I married a wife. I need to go take care of, you know, starting a family and all those things. And so as he got the report back, the Lord said, he was angry. He said, well, if they won't come, you go out to the Let's just read it here in verse, uh, what verse we want to start at there? Verse 21. So the servant came and showed the Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. He said, If the good people won't come, those that are whole, those that could be and should be here. He said, you just go out and you find, it doesn't matter. If they're poor, bring them on in. If they're blind, bring them on in. Amen. If they've got a handicap, bring them on in. He said, my house is going to be full. You remember what happened. Yeah, they got as many of those as they could. The house still wasn't full. 
And so he said then, he said in verse 22, the, the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. So he sent that servant out. And he said, they're not going to know unless you go tell them, but there's plenty to eat right here in this house. Amen. God intends his house to be full. Praise God. I like that. God intends there to be people in the house of the Lord. Amen. He's going to send a servant out to get them. They don't know it's here. They don't know what they're missing. They don't know where it's at even. Amen. But there is a serpent in this parable that God sent out to tell the people, come on now, there's plenty of room. Everything is now ready. There's a great supper. There's a great feast. Where'd they go? It says they went into that, that servant went into the highways and the hitches. had fun with that one we say byways but it's hedges what's in the hedges what are you going to find in the hedges well he had already tried the good people the whole people right then he went to the halt the blind the poor the maimed what's it left the dysfunctional <laughs> it's just what's left after all these other people come in the, those that I would just put them in the category Maybe a way we could understand it would be the, the disillusioned. In our day, it would be those who have been disenchanted with the things that they have seen and heard. Those that have been discouraged. Amen. Those that are just at the bottom of the heap. And he said, that's okay. He said, my house is going to be full. We may find that it isn't what we were expecting. The open door that God's going to give us in 2014 you know what we we would like this is what I would like anyway is somebody that looks kind of Pentecostal I could witness to them they fit right in huh how many of those do you see a day <laughs> well unless you work with somebody in this church <laughs> some of you do praise God for that I don't know what you see and this is no offense to anyone because I know people real well. I have friends. They put the body out on their body. That's what I see in our day. But you guess what? That could be an open door right there. The multiple piercings. That's what we see, isn't it? Amen. Guess what? That could be an open door in our day. We overlook. We tend to overlook what God has presented to us. This is the generation upon whom the ends of the world are come. This is the time when it won't be long. The transgressors are going to come to the full. And as the generation marches toward Armageddon and all the things that are coming in the end time, we're seeing what's going to happen. We're seeing people given to sin. We're seeing them bound by, by darkness, not just necessarily addictions, but uh, let me just name it, the Harry Potter trend. The kids that started reading those when they were 10 years old, brother, do you know where they are right now? They're college graduates. When those books first came out, those kids that started reading them are now graduated 
from the university. They're in positions of influence and power in this city. That's the generation that is the open door before us in the church of the living God. Amen, and what an open door it is. That darkness has not filled the void that God has allowed to exist in everyone's heart. Amen. It will not, it will not fill that hunger and that thirsting after righteousness. Amen. There's only one way that they're going to find what they really want, and it's when they come and kneel at an altar. Amen. And they pray through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's right. There's only one way this generation is going to find what it needs. To be free from sin, they're going to have to go down in the water in Jesus' name just the way you and I did. The message is still good. Amen. The message will still bring it to pass. It will turn a saint into a, or a sinner into a saint. <laughs> Let me put that one in reverse real quick. <laughs> Revelation 3 verse 8 says this I know thy works the Lord speaking to the church and he does thank God amen amen he knows what we've been doing right here in this church lifestyle evangelism talking to people passing out cards amen inviting folks to church this church has been having revival. If I understand it right, there have been people praying through, right? Amen. God wants to continue that. Praise the Lord. Amen. People coming into the house are the ones that are going to receive the Holy Ghost in these altars right here. He said, I know thy works. Thank you, Lord. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Now, I like what he said there. He said, Behold, I have set before thee an open door. But there's something that stands out to me in that little phrase right there, and that's the very first word. Behold. Everybody say, Behold. We know what that means. It means check it out, right? <laughs> it means look. That means we're going to have to open our eyes and look for the open door. He said, it's there. Don't miss it. Behold, I set before thee an open door. The Lord is, is encouraging us. Open our eyes. Amen. Change, change the way we are looking at our world is generally what we have to do, brother. Amen. We Our expectations have have changed. Oh, when I came into the church, you know it was not unusual for a young lady to come to church wearing a skirt, a dress. But I would say that's unusual nowadays. Would you say that? Amen. Though that universal symbol on the ladies' room is still a lady in a skirt, it may change before too long. I saw one just the other day, and that little icon on the ladies room didn't have a skirt on brother that's the world we're living in behold I set before thee an open door amen God is challenging us to look for the open door in our day in our generation we are surrounded daily by open doors amen 
Our generation still needs to hear a message that preaches against sin. Amen. There needs to be preaching against sin because the Bible tells me this, everything's going to dissolve. Amen. The day is coming when it's all going to melt with a fervent heat. That includes the bar down the street there. It's going to be dissolved. We need to preach against sin. Amen. That includes the, uh, the, the things that are happening in Hollywood. Amen. That movie mill that's turned out the, the perversion and all that's coming out and out of this. It's all going to dissolve. All those things. We need to preach against that. Amen. The casinos are going to go up in flames. We could name again and again and again the things that are going to disappear from this world that people are hooked on. Sin has them in its clutches. But they need to hear preaching against sin and then that conviction. Amen. They need to hear the remedy for sin too. And that is none other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. His death, his burial, his resurrection. Amen. The pure, the pure touch of God upon a, a sinner's life will still deliver them from that sin. Amen. Amen. As sinful as our generation may be, the gospel has the power. Amen. The way to obey that gospel is Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, it worked for me. Hallelujah. Did it work for anybody else here? Did God deliver you? Hallelujah. Did he set your feet on a new path? Woo. Did he give you a brand new life? He did it. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Praise God. You might be an answer to somebody's prayer. Somebody's tried everything else. Might be the town drunk. Might be the mayor. I can't tell you who it might be, but somebody in this area, I feel very sure, is crying out right now, God, if you're there, help me. Lord, I don't know who you are, but Lord, would you help me? I believe God hears that cry. Amen. He wants to send his servant out and say, come to the house. Amen. All things are ready. When you make it into the house, everything's going to be all right. You'll find a supper. You'll find a feast. You'll find what your soul has been hungering for. Praise God. Our generation needs the opportunity to hear this gospel, amen, and to find what you and I have found, deliverance, amen. Revival, revival sometimes tarries because, number one, we aren't the people that, that pray the way we need to pray, amen. I include myself in that. But the, the Bible gives us three things to pray. Brother, would you help me? Would you get Psalm 2, verse 8? Just three simple prayers to pray. And it mentions these specifically in the Bible. And it's referring to the day that we're living in. 
the last days. Prayers for the last days, I'll call these. Psalm 2, verse 8. Read for us, brother. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Amen. Ask of me, he said. And what will he give? He'll give the heathen. That's what I used to be, brother. <laughs> I qualified. Anybody else here qualify? Amen. Now, if you'd have called me that before I got in the church, I might have turned on you. <laughs> I won't say what I'd have done. <laughs> Wouldn't have been pretty. <laughs> but I was. Amen. I was a devil in disguise. Not a very good disguise. Not a very, a very thin disguise. And some of, some of us were that way. Amen. He said, ask of me, and I will give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. That's a prayer we can pray. Amen. Amen. God, give us souls. Amen. Lord, in our day, give us those that, that are lost. Lord, those that have drifted so far from what humanity was intended to be from the creation that, Lord, they barely resemble human beings any longer. I've seen pictures of folks, and, I, and I've lived in a little town, brother, there were so many tattoo parlors in that, that little town. I think everybody in the town seemed to. And some had them crawling up their neck, across their face. Brother, human beings weren't intended to look like that. And again, no offense to anyone. Amen. Amen. But God is a miracle worker. Amen. He can deliver a soul that has tried everything and still hasn't found what they need. But he said, ask of me. We can start praying that. Lord, send us. Amen. Give us those that are in need of God. Praise the Lord. Read another scripture for us, brother. Zechariah 10, verse 1. If there's anybody in here that's a note taker, these are good scriptures to use in prayer time. The scripture specifically revealing to us what we should be praying. Zechariah 10, verse 1. Read for us, brother. Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain, so the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to every one grass in the field. Ask of the Lord what? Rain. Rain. Let's all say it together. Rain. We know the rain of the Holy Ghost that's being poured out. Amen. The Bible tells us, we remember this real well in the New Testament, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And he said, ask in the time of latter rain for rain, for God to send it down from heaven. That's the Holy Ghost he's praying, he's telling us to pray about there. Well, isn't he going to do it anyway? Well, why doesn't he do it right here? Why, why don't we pray that he would do it right here? Amen. That's what he's saying. Lord, I know you're going to be pouring out the rain. Send a cloud burst right here. Amen. Send it right here at New Life Pentecostal, God. You said to pray it. I'm going to pray it. I'm going to believe you for it, Lord. The Holy Ghost to be poured out in these altars. The Holy Ghost to be poured out on those that we bring to church. Oh, God, I'm believing you for it right here. And he said he'll do it. He said I'll send bright clouds if you just pray that. Amen. He said there are going to be some showers coming. Amen. In the time of latter rain. 
Now, we're not talking about some false doctrine, latter rain doctrine that went through the land before my time and maybe before yours too. But we're talking about the, the time we're living in, the last days. And then another scripture. What should we pray for? We're praying for the Lord to give us the heathen for an inheritance. We're praying for the Lord to pour out, pour out the rain. And then in Matthew chapter 9, he says in verse 37, down near the end of chapter 9, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye. Now here's what we should be praying. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. Lord, we're praying for the heathen. Amen. Send us souls. Lord, we're praying for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. The only thing that's needed now is the laborers in the harvest. Guess what? When we begin to pray that, God will do it. I've seen him do it many, many times. He'll send somebody into the harvest. It's usually the person that's praying for it. Amen. When we begin to pray that prayer, God will begin to deal with us. Amen. God will begin to show us people that need to hear the word of God. God will begin to put in our hearts a yearning to fulfill the word of the Lord and to become a laborer in the harvest. What we're looking at are scriptures that are intended to be fulfilled. They're intended to be fulfilled. And we can be part of the fulfilling. Look at that. God intends the heathen to be saved. It's almost prophetic in that scripture. When you read that, you know, it's, it's going to happen. But, Lord, I could be part of that happening. I could be praying about that. The latter rain coming down. We know he's pouring that out. Amen? But we can be part of what's happening in the latter day by praying for that. And labor is in the harvest. Whew, hallelujah. I love to think that I could be part of the fulfilling of a scripture in red print in my Bible that one day I'll be with the Lord's help I'll be passing through those pearly gates and he'll say well done thou good and faithful servant amen to be a laborer in the mighty harvest of the Lord praise God three prayers to pray three prayers to pray and prayers that we can be assured will be answered when we begin to pray the Lord to send us souls. I've seen it happen. I have seen it happen. Praise God. Hallelujah. We were doing a little door knocking one day. It just seemed like the weather was nice. It was Saturday morning, a couple weeks before Easter. And we had some flyers, and they were talking about Easter, you know, come to Easter. So we just went down the block. Beautiful day. It was just good day for a stroll if nothing else and, and uh, just hand out some flowers everybody's so friendly that day would you like to come guy sitting on his front porch walked up to him and you never know what people are going to say right this guy wasn't grinning but when I handed him that flower he said thank you and he looked at it and says oh I've been to that church well lo and behold I had never met him hadn't been there since I'd been there so he began to ask me he said is that where they receive the Holy Ghost? Yeah. He said, I'd like to go. 
I said, well, we can get you this weekend if you'd like to get a, have a ride. He was crippled. Brother, we brought him to church that weekend. Not, he didn't wait till Easter. And when he sat down in that pew, he began to weep. He hadn't been in the presence of God like that for a while, for years. And before that service was over, he was talking in tongues all over again. Amen. Amen. If we just take a, to take a time and be a labor in the harvest. Oh, God. God has open doors. Lord, just show me an open door. Amen. Behold, I set before thee an open door, an open door. God is calling, and it's the last days. And you know the population of the earth is just out of control. It's growing so quickly that they really don't keep, can't keep track of it. It's over 7 billion now. They don't know exactly how many over that. But when we think about how the population of the earth is growing, and we say, what are the hopes, Lord, that we can reach all those out there? We can get our sights so set on the big picture that we miss somebody sitting by us. We miss somebody that we talk to today, not realizing they're one of those seven billion plus. And if we look at the other side of that, story the unfortunate other statistic is daily funerals 150,000 plus on earth are passing from here to eternity every day that's just a mind-boggling number that's more than the population of Aletha every day is going to the grave going into eternity without God there is an urgency. Amen. It's like it was in the days of Noah, the Bible tells me. You remember that? Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. All the earth was corrupt in the days of Noah. Look about us. Hear the, hear the news reports. We know what's going on around us. Amen. Is there any righteous? There's no, not one, according to the Word of God. And the Bible says, as a snare shall it come on them that dwell on the earth. Do people really believe that the Lord is coming? I don't care if you're in the Bible Belt or if you're up at the North Pole. <laughs> Very few really believe the Lord is coming nowadays. And we need to believe that to the point that it will motivate us. We need to believe it to the point that it will bring us to a place of prayer. And then we'll begin to look for the open doors. The time is short. The time is short for our families. The time is short for our friends. The time is short for those that we're acquainted with. Amen. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. He's coming soon. So there is an urgency. And the Lord is calling. As we stand together tonight, I know this is a Wednesday night. But God is calling. He's given us his word. Amen. If there's anybody here, somebody here who hasn't been born again of water and the spirit, the Lord is calling. Amen. The Bible says the spirit is saying come. The church is saying come. Amen. Amen. There's a place where people can find God. You can find God right here. Hallelujah. We get so accustomed to 
carried one of these around with us. Somebody calls. Oh, that's so-and-so. Okay, I'll answer that. Oh, that's so-and-so. Decline. Do you, does yours have one of those buttons on? Yeah. I've used it too. You've used it too. When the Lord calls, we have the option, don't we? Yeah. Oh, it's the Lord. Oh, I'm sure I'm busy. I'm sure I have a lot to do. But it's the Lord. It's the Lord. When the Lord calls, do we answer? Amen. Because he is calling. Amen. He said, I need some laborers in the harvest. <laughs> I need somebody who will just go forth and invite them. Come on now. The supper is ready. Hallelujah. It's time to come to the Lord, to the house of God. I feel the Lord here tonight. I feel God stirring us up. Praise God. Is there revival? Yes, there is. Amen. It's now. It's here. Hallelujah. This church has been, thank God, experiencing revival. Amen. It isn't over because we turned the page of the calendar. Because we don't have special services this week. Amen. Revival comes because we're doing what the Lord said we should do. Amen. We're going forth into the harvest. We're beholding the open doors. Praise God. Can we just take a moment and pray? Let's pray together. Lord, in the name of Jesus.